Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary from CareNet can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download eBooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. Now let's listen in on what Roland and Vince have for us this week on CareCast. So Roland, here we are with, once again with another special CareCast podcast being recorded from our separate undisclosed locations over remote, a pod- remote location, <laughs> right? Undisclosed. Remote, separate, undisclosed locations. Exactly. Yeah. And Dick um, Cheney is not with me or you. <laughs> no, he is not. No, he's not. Either we, one of us. Who knows where he is? Um, <laughs> but he's not with us. That's not, all we can say. That, we, that's that's the only fact that we can point out right now. Um, but yes, we are using a popular online meeting tool to record this. So uh, the audio is not up to the usual extraordinarily high standards that we hold here at, at uh, yes. CareCast. But, you know, extraordinary circumstances call for extraordinary measures or something. I think I just messed that up. But, you know, people... Yeah, that was extraordinary it. what you said, though. <laughs> yeah. So... Today, uh, in our last podcast, we talked about this, you know, we, start, we started this theme of what has the coronavirus pandemic revealed about the abortion industry? What are some of the truths that have come out about the way the abortion industry thinks and why it thinks the way that it does uh, as a result of this pandemic? And we talked about this idea that the underlying philosophy is that they look at abortion as a morally neutral consumer product that women want and need, and that drives their decisions. The other thing that I think this also reveals is this idea of choice, right? For the last several years, if not decades, the abortion industry has really sort of tried to drive home this point that abortion is, is, it's all about choice, right? That's why they call themselves the pro-choice movement. Um, It's about, you know, women being empowered by being able to choose, right? The right to choose. So it's not even, it's not even about abortion anymore. It's about the right to choose, right? At least that's the way they want to frame it. Mm -hmm. And so, when you think about this word choice, if you really think about what a choice is, right, um, there's, a, there's just an amazing quote from a very great writer named Frederica Matthews Green, who wrote years ago, actually, um, she wrote that women, you know, women don't choose or want an abortion in the same way that somebody wants a Porsche. Uh, they want an abortion in the way, the same way that a, an animal caught in a trap wants to chew off its leg. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. And so what I think the abortion industry's reaction to the coronavirus pandemic has revealed is that they actually agree with Frederica Matthews Green, that they're basically acknowledging and admitting, even if they don't know that they're doing this, that that's the way they think about the abortion quote unquote choice. Um, That it's, it's, yeah, I guess you could sort of say that it's a choice, but it's really a choice in a way that is not really a choice. And so I wanted to just kind of explore that, that idea with you a little bit, Roland, about, you know, what, what kind of choice is abortion really? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, certainly, you know, what you're hearing in the news and the narrative is that, you know, abortion providers are saying that this is a, quote, essential service. Right. Uh, that all, they've know. said that all abortions are essential. Yeah, all abortions are essential. So if something is essential, I mean, to me, it's like maybe maybe a somewhat simplistic way of thinking about it. But like, you know, breathing is not a choice. It's essential. 
Right. 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 <laughs> so I, you know, I can. It's essential. I mean, that's basically what you're basically saying. Yeah, if something, if something can't be essential and a choice at the same time, really. Exactly. So it really, that's the conflict there in this. So they're basically saying on one side is well, actually, it's a choice that you have a choice, and we're advocates for choice. But then we're saying on the other side, well, no, abortion actually is essential. You know that it's essential, and 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 that the service is quote essential in that way. So it, it does sort of kind of. Um, and, and put another way, like when you have an abortion, you're, you're not really choosing to have an abortion. You have to have the abortion. That's right. essentially what they're what they're admitting here. Yeah. And, and honestly, when you look at the stories of women who've had abortions, um, particularly when you talk to people on the pro-life side who have had abortions and you know who are, tend to be more transparent and sort of honest about all the consequences in, in, in most cases, what they'll say is, you know, look, I felt like I didn't have a choice. I had to do this. I mean, you see it again and again. And even frankly, sometimes on the pro-choice side, when you ask them, well, I felt like I had no choice. I had to do this. So mm-hmm. in other words, it was essential that I have this abortion. And, mm-hmm. and, and and so it's not really a choice. You know, I think Frederica Matthews Green, I, I, I love her. She's, you know, for those who don't know, she's a she's a, just a brilliant writer, uh, pro-life writer who's written a number of different things. And she has this one quote where she says that a woman chooses an abortion in the same way in the same way that an animal chooses to chew its leg off to get out of a trap. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Right. That kind of thing, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. that notion of, well, wait a minute, the animal in that moment. And I think that's a very appropriate analogy is that it's not a choice to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's right. Essential that yeah. I set myself free, if you will. And, you know, when you talk to women who've had abortions and, you know, obviously we do a lot of that at CareNet, um, that that is the kind of framework that, that you're seeing. And the other thing is that, you know, when that happens, you know, that animal in that moment is, you know, feeling very trapped and, 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 and very panicked. Isolated, alone, scared. Isolated, alone, and scared. And again, not that women are animals or anything like that, so I'm making an attack on that, but, but no, there is no, an yeah, analogy yeah. here. That, that does make sense that we, the point that she's trying to make there is that in that moment, it seems like the best thing that you could possibly do is do something that will hurt you mm-hmm. long term and have long term consequence because you feel, quote, you have no choice. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that you have to believe is that the choice of staying, quote, in the trap is worse than mm-hmm. the choice of gnawing your leg off. So in other mm-hmm. words, mm-hmm. the other argument there is that what they're basically saying is the choice of bringing this child into the world is worse than mm-hmm. the choice of not bringing the child into the world. In other words, there's nothing good that could possibly come from this child. Mm-hmm. Right. Nothing good that could possibly, mm-hmm. that's what you have to believe in the same way. There's nothing good that could happen for me. Now, as many stories that we've seen of, 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 people have come into the world who could have been aborted, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And their mothers chose not to. I just saw a story about Alicia Keys, you know, the Grammy-winning writer, mm-hmm. song artist, everything. People love her music. She's changed the lives of many people by, by her voice. She's amazingly talented. Mm-hmm. I just saw an article where she talked about the fact that her mother mm-hmm. was going to have an abortion, mm-hmm. was going to abort her, mm-hmm. and chose not to. Yeah, amazing. So if she had had the pursuit, there's nothing good that could ever have come from bringing my daughter, this child into the world. Nothing good. That's what you have mm-hmm. to believe. Yep. So, yep. so from that standpoint, you say the abortion is essential. I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And so it's really kind of speaking out of both sides of their mouth. Mm-hmm. There. I have to expose that when, when folks do that. 
Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, to, to use the trap analogy even further, because it, it's actually a very helpful one, which is that the abortion lobby is trying to also convince people at the same time that there's no one out there who wants to actually help you get out of the trap. That's right. Right. Because obviously there is there is another way that the animal an animal could potentially get out of a trap, right? Somebody right. comes and actually opens the trap for them and lets them out so that they don't have to chew their leg off, right? right. But the, the abortion lobby is saying that there's no one out there who wants to help you get out of that trap. So basically there's there's no pregnancy centers, there's no, you know, there's no movement out there of people who are, who want to actually offer help and assistance and compassion to women who feel as though they're they're trapped. And obviously that's not true. Karen it exists, pregnancy centers exist, all these people exist, but the abortion lobby has gone out of their way to discredit everything that we do. To basically say, you know, even though it looks like those people are trying to help you get out of that trap, actually they just want to they're just trying to set another trap for you. They're going to yeah. get you out of one trap and put you in another one. And so well, they, yeah. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're spot on, Vince. That's, that's absolutely right. And the other thing which is interesting is that the abortion provider actually has an obligation to take you out of the trap in the same way that the pro-life people do. Right. Right. <laughs> right? Because it's a choice. Mm-hmm. The, that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And so, what, so they have just as much of an obligation to help a woman who's facing an unplanned pregnancy and wants to bring her child into the world. In other words, free herself from, quote, the trap of the circumstances there mm-hmm. and to have the assistance as someone who's on the pro-life side. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. They have just as much of an obligation. So not only do they try to convince you that there's no one who can or even wants to free you from this trap, they also say – they also – uh, don't help free you from the trap. <laughs> right, right. They're, ba- they're basically just helping you chew your leg off, essentially. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And, and of course, there are consequences from this, right? Yeah. You know, there, there, are, there are consequences from that. There are, are women and men who, who are now emotionally, spiritually, socially handicapped in some way, shape, or form, right? Who This has changed their life in a way that they never anticipated. And, and, and they're not able to move physically, emotionally, spiritually the way that God has designed them to do because mm-hmm. of this, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, that to me is what kind of breaks my heart mm-hmm. because I feel like we've got an obligation, right? In scripture, what does it say that Christ came to do? What? To set the captives free. Mm-hmm. That's what he came to do. And we, as ambassadors for Christ, mm-hmm. we're always looking for folks who have gotten, who are in a trap. Mm, right? absolutely. We don't make a judgment about how they got in the trap. We don't blame them for being in the trap, whatever it is. But our call is to go find folk who are caught in the trap mm-hmm. and to set those captives free mm-hmm. and to help mend that wound, bind that wound, mm-hmm. offering them compassion, hope, and help. That's mm-hmm. the work that we do. And that's a stark contrast between what happens on our side versus what happens on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, in, and in closing, I thought you brought up another really kind of brilliant and sort of honestly scary sort of point, which is that not only are they basically saying that no one's going to help you get out of the abortion lobby is saying, or the, you know, industry is saying, not only is no one going to help you get out of this, this trap, but you're actually better off just chewing your leg off to get out of it. And we'll help you chew your leg off so that you you can get out of it. But they're also, and, and this is what you said, they're actually in the business of selling the gnawed off leg. 
Well, yeah, it, right. it, it, it is a very sad t- thing to think about because what made me think about that is, you know, there's the, this case with David Delayden and, you know, the, um, you know, alleged, uh, you know, the videos that kind of show, you know, the conversations between, um, you know, Planned Parenthood and, and, and those folks. And, and you know, obviously the, what the case is alleging is that, you know, there's, there's been evidence that they're selling, you know, aborted fetuses and, and different parts and that kind of stuff. And we know that case is still going on. But, you know, when that came and hit the public square, that was huge, mm-hmm. you know, because of the videos and this, that and the other. And obviously there's mm-hmm. been a, a debate back and forth on that. But this whole perspective uh, of, you know, that business mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, in, in a lot of ways, you know, from, from my standpoint, you know, when I look at it and I say, well, gosh, you know, folks are damaged by by this to me, from my perspective. And you're not letting people you're not helping people avoid the damage. And then when someone is damaged, you discount that and say, well, there's no there are no negative consequences from abortion or all these different things. For me, that's a metaphor for me of, quote, quote selling the, the gnawed off leg, you know, selling that concept out into the public square and not really exposing it from the, for the fact that it is, mm-hmm. you know, abortion hurts people. Mm-hmm. It does. There are just mm-hmm. too many examples and too many stories of people who have been wounded and hurt. And we're not even talking about the child in this case, which is a living, you know, which is a, 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 a human life. But, mm-hmm. but we're also talking about the women and, and also the men who have been hurt as a result, result of this. So that, but so selling this concept, you know, that abortion is quote freeing, if you will, Mm-hmm. Uh, and consequence-free, in a sense, in my view, sort of a metaphor for, um, you know, what I mean by selling the knot off leg. That whole idea of that really important to kind of think about, and, and it's and it's troubling. It's why we do what we do, and frankly, it's why we pray for folks on the other side, because we do pray that their eyes will be open uh, to the consequences of the behavior uh, that kind of leads to this. And so, uh, it's kind of the work that we're called to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think that's a great great place to close. Uh, you know, we are we are in the business of providing compassion, hope, and help uh, to folks who are who are in this situation, and uh, and then we're going to continue to do that. And so, you know, long long story short, here is this pandemic is bringing out a lot of things about the pro choice movement and the abortion industry that are sobering. But you know, we're we are folks that like to also look at the at the hope and the you know, the good things that can come out of these terrible, otherwise terrible situations. Um, and that is, you know, the, the truths that are being revealed about folks that are defending and protecting life and are really doing amazing things to go out of their way to help others during during this time. And so that is what CareNet is in the business of doing. And uh, we'll, we'll just keep on doing that. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you so much, Roland. You're welcome. We hope you enjoyed this episode of CareCast. For more pro-abundant life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.